It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at Three Point Pod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Well, hello, everybody, and it's time now for episode 268 of the Three Point Podcast, presented by Memorial Healthcare's Wellness Center and SkyMet Cannabis. Of course, uh, Memorial's Wellness Center is outstanding. It actually was voted the best health club and gym in our area by Argus Press readers. Also, the Big Salad was named the best salad bar, so congrats to Memorial. You know, anybody that listens to our podcast knows we talk about all the great things they have there, including the locker rooms, private showers, steam rooms, everything else, any kind of gym stuff you want to check out. But also, speaking of checking out, check out the Father's Day special. As they say, are you ready to transform from a dad bod to a rad bod? I guess I have to go from granddad bod. (laughs) To dad bod, then to rad bod. Yeah, yeah. Well, join the Wellness Center now. And pay nothing until Father's Day. That's June 18th. So a nice little, nice little pitch there for the Wellness Center, huh? Yeah, and I saw they have like a, I, I can look it up real quick. So they have a summer challenge that you can join. Yeah, you know, you can join up with some friends or something. To, you know, those, those things are sometimes they're good to like be involved with a couple friends to keep each other accountable. You know, you can shoot them a text. Hey, did you do your challenge today? Or you know, whatever it is. So some yeah, they- cool little things for sure. Yeah, they float something at the end, too. You know, there's there's cash involved, so it's always good motivation. You know how I gear up for that, but it only costs me my money. Yeah, you, exactly. you dangle, not not a carrot, you dangle cash at the cash, end. Cash, baby. And Ted, Hard Ted's cash. You're going to say something, Jerry? I was just going to say, to be honest, it's, it's honestly, it's good to know that that's how your brain is wired. Uh-huh. I feel like we need to figure out other ways to kind of put that into motion. I don't know if it's if it's like we dangle uh, money in front of you on the treadmill or something. But the <laughs> fact that, I mean, for the listeners who maybe are late to the story, basically you joined a weight challenge last year with money prize at the end. You Good dropped money. like 40 pounds like it was nothing. The second <laughs> the challenge ended, you just went back to your ways and we're right back to where you were a year ago. So it's, it was it was awesome to see how your brain became so solely focused on that one uh, 
you know, end goal. Right. And it was the money. And then as soon as the money disappeared, you just, you didn't care how much better you felt. You didn't care, you know, how great you felt, uh, how, how much energy you had. You just said, screw it. There's no money involved. I don't care. That's how it works, my friend. That's how it works. <laughs> and by the way, just to be fair, I haven't put it all back on, just so we're clear on that. But, you know, maybe I'll join the Memorial Challenge. We'll see. Yeah. Also want to thank the folks at Sky Mint Cannabis, you know, farm to stash, grown right here in the Great Lakes State, over 20 locations, just opened up their store in Traverse City. You know, check out Michigan's best bundles for deals on flour, pre-rolls, edibles, extracts, ounces as low as $49 at summer season. Check out Sky Mint Cannabis. Also, check out our friends at uh, AZ Printing Solutions. See our auctions. Uh, Troy Crow, the owner, voted the best auctioneer in our area. So congrats to Troy. Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, and Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. We're going to have a little different podcast tonight. We're going to be checking in with Randy Woodworth of Woodworth Commercial and First Gen Wealth Podcast. We have another challenger in the podcast world for (laughs) eyes and listens. But I did check out his first podcast, had his brother Jim on, one of our partners. And uh, looking forward to to talking with Randy on that. But as we always do, play a little catch-up. I just want to throw out here right at the get-go my catch-up portion. I finally saw a Tiger game last week. Very enjoyable to go back down there. Uh, Saw Jared at work in his uh, trailer there with all the monitors. Very, very nice crew you have there. And by the way, shout out to Brian Henry. I like that guy. (laughs) I know he listens. (laughs) Yeah. But that was cool. That was cool catching up with your, your work situation. Yeah, I mean it's a great it's a great gig. It, it's uh, it was cool that you got to check it out. You know, you have your credential, so yeah, uh, you were allowed behind the behind the behind the bars and behind in, the in curtain. The truck. So yeah, it's cool. Uh, I thanks for coming and checking it out. Honestly, yeah, I look forward to coming to, to a few more games this year. You know, the, the afternoon games are ideal, but I got to tell you guys, and we've talked about it before. I mean, it was ninety two degrees out, and if you go to an afternoon game at at Comerica. Man, there's limited shade in that stadium, you know. And it's, Lim- limited is saying it nicely. Yeah. Well, I'll, I will say this, though. There was some shade along the yeah. third baseline as long as you're sitting back, you know, towards the concourse. And uh, I, I talked to a real nice usher, and I said, hey, man, what do you think about uh, letting us just sit in the shade? If somebody comes, you know, we'll move. And the guy said, you know, I'm not supposed to do that, but go for it. <laughs> if they show up, move. But, you know, a crowd of about 8,000 people. Right. What were the odds? Not, not saying by no means am I saying you're old, but sometimes, you know, you got to play that. I'm, I'm in the older generation card. You know, like if it was like maybe Jared's age, him and some buddies, you know, with a Jared double James. fist and some drinks and stuff, the usher might have been like, no, you guys are fine. Sit in your seats. He, he did, you he guys did, are yeah. a little older. Maybe yep. he said, you know what? Go sit in the shade. He, I think that played a big part. You know, it's all how you present it to, yeah. you know, I was, I know, was, I know what you did. I remember going to a Tigers game with Ted when I was like probably <laughs> 10 years old. He pulled the same maneuver, man. And I remember it. Uh, I, it's funny how vivid I remember this. Uh, he goes up to the usher, you know, sweet talks him for a minute or two, reaches his hand out for a handshake. Has a nice crisp like twenty or thirty twenty or fifty dollar bill in his hand. It was a twenty. Hands it over to him, and the next thing I know, we're sitting there. As a ten year old kid, seeing him swindle us into those seats, I thought it was one of the coolest things I'd ever coolest seen. Coolest thing ever. I appreciated it. You, you probably thought your your uncle Ted was like in the Godfather movies or something. Amen, amen. Well, you know, again, again, guys, and and, and I think Comerica Park is really a, it's a nice 
beautiful park. It's it's it is. really nice to look at. The concourses mm -hmm. are great. You know, the concessions are nice. The people are nice. But the big, big flaw is that no shade. I don't know yeah. if there's anything they can do to somehow fix that, whether it's, uh, you know, netting up high or something. But, man, it's it's brutal. I, You know, you're talking about me, the old guy. Yeah, I wanted to be in the shade. This, this day happened to be grade school kids day. OK, <laughs> so there was a bunch of grade school kids and they were they were passing out left and right, not literally passing yeah. out. But they had to come and get into the shade because it was bacon, man. You know, I, I we're not, no, the three of us are not uh, engineers is right. what I was trying to get to. But you would think when they built the park, they would have thought of that, right? Yeah, I would like have which, so. which way the sun will be during those afternoon games, like you mentioned. I'd be curious, you know, sometimes when they build stadiums, they build it with a, a plan in place to either add on or maybe put a roof on. Or, you know, right. other stuff like here in Charlotte, mm -hmm. uh, there's a minor league team, the Charlotte Knights, and their stadium is right uptown, like awesome. right in the heart of Charlotte. And it's they built it with um, the intention that if the major leagues ever come, they can add on the amount of seats that they would need to to accommodate a major league baseball team. So I'd be curious if Comerica has something like that. I mean, an, an engineer, they could figure something out, put some sort of but you wouldn't want it to look janky. You know, because no. Comerica is such a cool looking stadium. Mm -hmm. You wouldn't want to add some huge wall or something that like takes away from, you know, because you got a nice view of the skyline. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, all that stuff. So obviously we're a little biased. I mean, look at Jared's hat and his his employer and everything. We, we love Comerica Park, but I think legitimately it is one of the best parks. You know, you always see posts, tweets or blogs, articles of, of those people that travel around the country and go to every stadium and Comerica is always towards the top of people's list, whether they're from Michigan or not. So I, uh, but the, the shade thing is a, a legitimate beef. I, I've probably told the story on here before I went to a, a Sunday game day game in August, the weekend of, or like the weekend after bud bash. <laughs> and so I was not properly hydrated heading to that game. And it was, no less than 100 degrees sitting up there. I mean, that was it was a great game. I remember it was a it was a huge comeback by the Tigers and they won. But it was almost like unbearable. I mean, you're sitting there buying $10 waters constantly and just chugging water. But yeah, uh, it, it overall it Comerica is, is a great experience. It definitely I like it would be cool if they put a roof on. I don't know how I don't know if it's worth the amount of money or whatever. Uh, I mean, I don't know. That's for them to decide. It would be awesome. I don't like. I'd be curious. I'd be curious on Ted's thoughts. I'm not a big fan of baseball stadiums with roofs. I get it for the weather aspect, obviously, but I think baseball is an outside sport. Baseball, could they roof the? I'm basically like, could they roof the upper deck? Essentially, I, I'm yeah. trying to. Think, I, I feel like it, it. I mean, at least Wrigley, the the lower deck is shaded. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just a problem at every park. The Tiger Stadium. Been, no. Yeah, it's not really a problem at every park, but uh, the newer parks it is. You know, like you were starting to say, Matt, Tiger Stadium had plenty of shade. It's just the drawback was the post. And I think today's right. day and age in engineering and architecture, they could maybe come up with some solution that would eliminate at least half of the type of posts they had at Tiger Stadium. Right. You know, I think if they had to do it all over again, and again, 
we, we've said it, it's a beautiful stadium, but uh, the two flaws are the no shade. And I think if they had to do it again, they'd have to build it more vertical instead of having the seats yeah. go back on a horizontal angle. You know, you're a lot of ballparks. You're right on the action, like Cleveland and Washington. I mean, yeah. and, and Wrigley field, obviously. And, and, uh, Fenway, you know, Fenway, yeah. it's a different experience. Yeah. Those, maybe some of those kind of, like you said, the, the little bit older stadiums, but mm-hmm. it's definitely cool. It, I obviously living out of state. I haven't been to Comerica in a, in a little while. It seems like I always look at the schedule when, when we are back in town and a lot of times they're either away right. or it, it just doesn't work out with everything that we have going on. But I, I do miss going. That is something, you know, there's something about going to a Tigers game, even if they're, they're playing better. But even if they stink, there's something about going to a game. Ted, did I see that you had a score book out and you were keeping score of the game? Classic. <laughs> I see you have it, but were you? No, no, like, I don't keep score. Here's what I here, here's what I do, Jared. Well, I, I get the scorecard so I know who's who. Obviously, you know they have the rosters for both teams, and then I, it's just kind of my souvenir. You know, I yeah. mean, it shows I went to that game, and I usually cut out the article in the newspaper the next day on the, on the recap and throw it in the scorecard and it's there. Baseball fans. I love them, man. They're old school. The infatuation with the scorecard and keeping score during the game. Mm -hmm. Everyone does it. Everyone does it. I feel like I'm the only one that doesn't. It is bizarre. Do you know how to keep score? Do you know how to keep score? It's not rocket science. I'm just asking. I mean, there's there's a few little nuances. I'd be. Do you know how to keep? If you had to do your bowling score by hand, do you know how to do that, Jared? Uh, Up until like, I I mean, if I if I gave it a quick thirty second Google just on what the multipliers are with strikes and stuff like that, I could do it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I would have some errors on my scorekeeping if I did baseball, uh, just because I don't know, you know, those kind of niche things that I might not know if I was just keeping score, but. For the most part, if it was a youth baseball game, I could keep score for it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I'd well, be curious. If, I'd be it, curious if the guys in the truck that you work with, Jared, keep score. Do they keep score? Because so I over the weekend, does. yeah, over the weekend I was doing a lot of the College World Series stuff. We had we had one of the regionals down here in South Carolina, and but whenever we do baseball softball, they the producers hand out scorecards, mm-hmm. and part of it is like Ted said, so you have the roster, the names and numbers and all that, but. It's also so you can keep up with the game a little bit while you're, you know, clipping replays and building everything. I think I I do it a little bit. I don't, you know, if the game turns into a blowout, it kind of starts to tail off a little bit. But if it's a good game, I'll I'll keep up on it. Not taking any shots, but it is funny. Like the younger generation that I work with, you know, some younger people, a couple of them have no idea what this scorecard thing is or whatever. (laughs) So, um I, it is cool. I don't know. It's just kind of fun. I don't know. It's an, like a nostalgic thing, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That, I, that must be what it is. I, it, 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 I will say it kind of bums me out that you weren't actually keeping score during the game because, you know, if I had to like mold what I like imagine you are, it's you keep score at the baseball game, and you've always done it. And the fact that that you did that, you just bought the thing as a souvenir, and you weren't actually in there debating whether this was an error or that was a hit. It, it kind of bothers me. Uh, sorry to sorry to burst your bubble. Speaking of that, you know, just real quick, like uh, the game they lost the other day with the pitch off the umpire's face mask. It's did, wild. Did, did you you both must have seen it? Yeah. When I was watching, I know obviously you know the catcher was crossed up, but 
is that legitimately a wild pitch when it it's right down the middle of the plate chest level and bangs the umpire? I mean, it is crazy how if if there's a miscommunication, these guys throw it so fast and there's right. so much planning. But like if they don't know what pitch is coming, these catchers can't catch it. Right. It's just it's kind of mind boggling. There was a miscommunication whether it was slider yep. uh, or fastball. Cisnero heard fastball. The other people heard slider. Uh, so basically that's the result. I mean, what a bizarre finish. I mean, what a kind of crazy, you know, a depressing series against yeah. the White Sox for the Tigers, but a different kind of crazy storyline each day and something that, you know, entertained us, you know, two walk-offs in the last two games. Yeah. And then you had Reese Olsen making his MLB debut and as a no-hitter going through five innings. Yeah. So just it was a fun weekend, but you would have liked to have seen them get at least one or two wins. I do have something real quick on that note. Yeah. Uh, I had a loyal listener actually do some digging on a couple of our early episodes. Okay. And this is an exact quote taken oh. from Ted on episode three. Episode three? Three pod, three point podcast. Yeah, episode listen, three. I'm not the one doing the listening on these old, <laughs> on these old episodes. You're I, I told up. like, this pod, man, we, sometimes I wonder who the hell listens to it nowadays. I can't imagine who's listening to it way back then. Anyway, this was the quote directly from Ted. The MLB needs to figure out this damn game time issue. These games need to be going two hours or under. They need to solve this issue ASAP. It's just funny how hypocritical mm-hmm. we all can be, but that's a fact that you said that less than two or three, or about what, four four years ago, how the MLB had a crisis on their hands <laughs> and they needed to change. And it's funny how once it comes full circle and now they make these changes, you were literally leading the the riot with your pitchfork on how horrible that rule change was. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? Uh, you got me on it. I mean, what can I tell you? <laughs> I, di- I didn't say at that time they needed a pitch clock. They just needed to speed the damn game up. There were other options, but okay, you got me. I mean, and let's face it. It didn't take me too long to come around, did it? After yeah. my initial uh, old person's rant, you know, these games have been kind of nice moving around. I'll tell you what, it takes you a little little getting used to when you're at the ballpark now there's all all kinds of different things on the scoreboard now. They've obviously have had the uh, the speed of the pitch, but mm-hmm. now I had to figure out when I got there, okay, where do I look again for this pitch clock? You know, and it's over <laughs> back behind home plate off to the side. Uh, they have another thing they put up on the scoreboard. It's like the angle of the pitch. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you must, you must hate that that's no longer batting average that they show, but it's uh, OBP. Or no, oh, it's not OBP, it's uh, OPS. OPS. You yeah, must yeah. That. I don't hate it because they still throw the batting average up there, but it's smaller. You know, it's in a smaller spot. (laughs) Batting average isn't what it used to be, apparently. Everything's about exit velocity and every hard hit balls and all that kind of stuff. Time has changed. Yeah, you know, not not to go back to what I was doing over the weekend working College World Series, but we were mentioning games because they – so not every conference in college baseball uses the pitch clock, only like three or four. The NCAA – recognizes the pitch clock so during tournament play they use a pitch clock right so some of these teams if they played in a conference who didn't have a pitch clock they're having to adjust a little bit anyway all of our games over the weekend under three hours one of them went extra innings so that did go over three hours but we were saying hey man we you used to dread in tv doing baseball because some of these games would trickle over four hours and jared you kind of know from work ted you do too but Mm -hmm. from working there's no bathroom breaks in baseball, right. football, basketball. You got quarters, you got halftime and stuff like that. Baseball. I mean, unless you have, I, I don't even know the scenario. Some, well, right. sometimes there's like a coach's interview. So you got a few minutes to sprint to the bathroom, 
But when those games trickle over four hours, man, that's where, you know, the TV crew is sitting there like, let's just get this damn thing over with. So anyway, with, with some of these new rules, under three hours, a couple of our games were like 245. And we're like, man, doing this for TV, two hours, 45 minutes, a baseball game. I'll do this all day. Yeah. Well, I've come good. around. I've come around. Can we not hear about that anymore? Or am I going to hear that? Infinitively. Well, that's that's yeah. the thing where you do you do a podcast or you know nowadays you know people are learning. No matter if you delete the tweets, delete emails, that stuff lives forever. Oh, it so does. That's part. That's part of the doing the podcast. You know, some of these yeah. hot takes we throw out stuff. Someone could go back and be like, I feel like on episode nineteen, yeah, Ted yeah. said something about you know or whatever. Well, let's face it, we've all done it, right? Yeah. I mean, oh, we yeah. could go oh, yeah. back and pick from any of us and say, what What were we thinking? You could right? go back to last week's episode, and I'd probably sound like an idiot. So I, I don't think <laughs> well, we yeah, I mean, go back to episode your, three. Your, uh, right. your Jonathan scope for MVP take is not <laughs> no. panning out right now. Not exactly panning out, no. <laughs> someday, left, someday I got to find out who that uh, who researched all the way back to episode three. <laughs> I've got I've got my birdies. I, it's like I have it's like I'm like a mob boss, and I have like my consigliere's <laughs> out there doing the dirty work. No, nothing wrong with that. Hey, before right. we get off this topic, I did want to throw a couple other things in here. You guys would probably say it's old man thing. The ballpark now it's totally cashless. I don't know if it's ever going to change again, but because of COVID, it's okay. But because I use my card all the time anyway, but I went to go buy that scorecard. $1. I had a charge. I mean, I I didn't feel like going and buy a whole bunch of stuff to justify it. $1 charge on my card. Come on. I'm it sorry, is what man. It is. It I, is what it is. I, yeah. Again, this is another one of things. It's, it's. I love that you have that opinion because that's what makes you you. But what a pointless thing to have a problem with. It takes two seconds to swipe your card. You can now no. even tap it right on the reader, and it's done in two seconds. I didn't care about that, but Jared, you know, when you get to be older, you're gonna, you, you know, you have to kind of balance the numbers. You know, right. my wife has to put that one dollar ledger in. Our credit card receipt, that's all. Well, and it's also, you know, it, it doesn't sound like they did it there. It's also the places where they have, like, a $5 minimum. Right. And what if, what if you're only wanting to buy that $1 thing or say you only need a pack of gum or something like that, but they have a $5 minimum? Yeah. It's like, wait, so you're forcing me to buy more stuff. Like, I don't want to. I only well, want this scorecard. Can I just buy this? Yeah. Well, at least but, they didn't do that to me. Yeah, man. yeah. And yeah. my only my one other thing, hope I don't know if it's ever going to change. I don't know if it happened because of COVID as well. You used to be able to take a small cooler into the ballpark. You could yeah. take, you could have your waters, you could have sandwiches, but it had to be a certain size cooler. You could have enough sandwiches in there for, you know, if you had a crew of four people, you could have four sandwiches in there and four bottles of water. Now, absolutely not. The only thing yeah. you can bring in from the outside is one bottle of water. Just, just the way it's changed. I don't Did know if you, it ever go right. back. Did you walk up to the gates with like a sack lunch and they they made you leave it at, leave it at the door or what happened? Are, are you talking about this trip? Yeah, this was no, no, trip. no. I knew I knew about it in advance. Yeah. I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. I, it was kind of nice to draw people into the ballpark families. You know, maybe they can't is. afford concessions. It is because that, that's another big, huge added expense: parking, yes. you know, concessions if you're going to buy a program or whatever, and a couple things of food or whatever. I remember going, um, my family, we've had tickets to the August NASCAR race at MIS since like before I was born. Right. And I remember when we would go, I'm sure I haven't been now in a while because, you know, my, my siblings and stuff are still going. I think you can still take, like you said, like a, one of the smaller coolers in, Yep. but we used to go and we would pack, I mean, like 
it was like a legit cooler and you, you couldn't, I remember not that we were bringing it at back then, but you couldn't bring alcohol in because, nope. you know, they would want you to buy that in there, right. obviously, if you are. But, yeah, we would pack snacks, sandwiches, waters, Gatorades, you know, whatever. Um, and I feel like you would have to go through security and they would quick look through it, you know, really. I think it was like no glass, you know, some of that stuff. Right. But that was like a huge perk. I'm actually surprised. Surprise, surprise, I'm bringing up Disney, but at Disney, you can still bring in like a cooler mm-hmm. and pack stuff. And I'm almost surprised that Disney's doing that and they're not forcing people to just spend all their money on food because we, we definitely always do that. We always know we're probably going to buy one meal in the park, but right. if we can pack like at least one sandwich or something like that, you know, save a few bucks. It is a nice little perk. Absolutely. Well, baseball's always been the one. I mean, you you never could do that at the hockey games or basketball basketball games or football games. But baseball was one of the just kind of neat, nostalgic and and makes sense for families. You know, they're trying to draw attendance. I don't know. Can't can't all be about the dollar. But that's that's the way I look at it. I do remember one one funny thing. I remember going to uh, Michigan Stadium, the big house um, Mm -hmm. back in the day. (laughs) Probably when my brother was in college, I think him and him and like one of my buddies went to a game with him and a friend or something like that. And back then you could bring in snacks, but not drinks. And right. the college kids would take a Pringles can <laughs> and put a couple beers in a Pringles can <laughs> and take that into the stadium. And I remember as a, I was probably like, you know, freshman, sophomore in high school or whatever. thought that was like the coolest thing ever, but yeah, my can't do crew, that anymore. My crew used to sneak in the you know, little small bottles of schnapps, and every time Michigan scored, let's drink to that, you know, <laughs> right. knock one back. Oh, <laughs> uh, wow. Oh, well. All right, let's move away from the Tigers and baseball. And uh, before we get to uh, our guest, Randy, a uh, little locally here, some prep spotlight stuff brought to you by Three Point Podcast this week, the Crenna Cavaliers. Now Division II state champions. I think we may have called it first here on the podcast that they had that potential. It's the first boys title since 99, coached by Jeff Sid Sawyer. I mean, they, they had a great day there up at Ada. First in the 4 by 100 Isaac Jacobs, Nick Strau, Wyatt, and Tarek Bauer took first there. The same four finished second in the 4 by 200 Wyatt took first in the long jump and was all state also in the 100-meter dash in 10.93 seconds. Now, right now we're scheduled to get the Bauer boys on next uh, podcast and and talk about maybe the track season and their recruitment, what we can talk about, you know. Yeah. I, I, I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, we don't want to get them into any trouble with the MHSAA, no. but, you know, that'll be really cool to talk to them about everything, track, right. upcoming yep. football season, um, you know, maybe their college aspirations and stuff, but yeah, we mentioned it. I mean, first of all, congrats to all those guys. That is just Absolutely. so cool. Add another state championship to that Corona city line sign that you see all the time coming into town, running out um, of room. Yeah. Yeah. With all the Odyssey of the mind and all that kind of stuff, but really, really cool to see because you know, it was back in my day, they went back to back 98, 99 yep. and they hadn't won one since then. So if you want to call that a drought, not like Corona is stacking up a ton of state championships, but you know, a little bit of a drought for the track program, but right. We, you, you kind of mentioned it, alluded to it. We, we said it a week or two ago, a few weeks ago, when you have two or definitely a few athletes, like what Corona has right now, you have a great shot at winning a state championship because you plug them in to the individual events, to the team events, the relays, and you're going to knock out, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten events right there. 
Right. So it's really cool to see. And they're going to be back next year. So, <laughs> I mean, if there was no limit on the amount of events you could run, I mean, the, the two Bauer brothers, I mean, shoot, they could high jump, probably play some that. I mean, hurdles, you almost think hurdles would be maybe their best event just with how, yeah, how, with their jumping ability and their sprinting speed. Yeah, it's like you, they probably could have swept the entire freaking meet. So that's the that was the coolest part for me. I, it's, 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 it's. There's nothing like a like kind of a heroic type performance. I mean, we see it. Remember, we still remember Kemba Walker for that UConn run way back in the day. It's cool right. when you see. I mean, obviously, it's a team event, and I mean, four by one, four by two, two fastest teams we've ever had in Corona. That's a four member team, both yeah. of them. Uh, so, but it's just cool to see those two guys really kind of just strap on the backpack and, and bring it home. Yeah, and, and one also- of them. One of them, they broke their dad's record, right? Yep, yep. I think it was in the uh, four by two hundred. I think yeah. I could be wrong on that too. I don't. I have the article, but I don't have it right here handy. But yeah, a record goes down by Dustin. So yeah, but he's still a proud dad. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. And also in track and field, Ovid Elsie's pole vaulter Trice Tokar won his second straight championship, going fifteen foot even. Langsburg pole vaulter Jack Borgman finished second at 14.9. In baseball, Corona lost their district opener. It was the bad karma that I didn't pay the $1,500 to go broadcast it. That was what it was, right? You know, I, I mean, we we talked about it last week. Yes, maybe, Ted. Maybe you're the one that, <laughs> that ruined it. If if you would have been broadcasting, they would yeah. have had more eyes, better vibes. Yeah. Uh, we brought it up last week, and we said that, you know, Friend of the podcast, Goose Poop, with his projections, yeah. did not have Corona coming out of their district. And he, he was right. I mean, obviously, we wanted to see the Cavs move on. But Goose Poop knows what he's talking about, man. He's What's what's the success rate in football, Jared? You you knew it. It was like Pretty 78% or something yeah, crazy really, like yeah, that. It was, so Goose it's a Poop. shame. It, it just goes to show. I mean, that that's a tough sport to make a run in. Yeah. I mean, you've got to have a lot of luck on your side. Sometimes the bats just aren't awake you know and you don't get the hits maybe a pitcher has just one bad outing so much has to go right in baseball to make a right. run it's just it's tough because i mean there it was they had a heck of a team yeah so. goose poop knows what he's talking about and i obviously didn't when i talked a week <laughs> or so ago i said uh, yeah i think cavaliers might be the favorites and then another listener sends a little note over to me saying all the stats i mean how could you have gone against Flint Powers? They were yeah. obviously the favorite. You know, Lake Fenton beat Corona two out of three games heading into that game. And Lake Fenton beat the Cavaliers by one, and Powers spanked them 10 to zip. So, and they got a couple different Division One kids on their team. Very good, very good ball club. Yeah. Uh, spe- speaking of ball clubs, Owasso, the young softball squad, won their district at Fowlerville. They improved to 23 and 15. New Lothrop also won their softball district. And uh, back to baseball for a second, Langsburg and Chesanine move on and won their districts. And you talked about it for just a second, Matt. Corona Cavaliers, Odyssey of the Mind, the sixth to eighth graders, another world championship in Division Two. Another world championship, man. World. I just they, always laugh and not not in any sort of negative way, laugh. Laugh at world championship. Right. World. That's like that's insane. So that's awesome. That really is. It, it says a lot for that program and that's seven world championships now for <laughs> Corona. All right. I think enough here for our opening segment. Let's uh, let's talk a little uh, real estate, some other stuff, some sports maybe with Randy Woodworth coming up right after this. 
Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, guys, so next up on the podcast is fellow Corona Cavalier alum, Randy Woodworth. Everyone who lives around Corona Wasso, you see the signs everywhere, Woodworth Commercial. He's the CEO and founder of Woodworth Commercial, but he also just got into our game here, the podcast game. Uh, First did. Gen Wealth is a new podcast that you just launched, so that that's part of what sparked the, hey, maybe this would be a good time to have Randy on. Um, you can follow him on Instagram at Randy underscore Woodworth. Give him, give him a follow there. You can see, I, I know you post clips and stuff like that and a bunch of other stuff. So give Randy a follow over there. So first of all, Randy, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. Terrific. I'm glad to be here. This is, awesome. uh, you know, you guys are local legends. So this is, <laughs> this, is this is awesome. Yeah, this is this is maybe more a little flavor for uh, the, the Corona Wasso people, but not not necessarily. We'll, we'll see what we get into because. I think we, we have some good chats with, with our guests, but I want to ask, so up there, up there above, uh, above Jared's left shoulder over there, success group mortgage and servicing as one of our great partners. And you, you know them well, your, your brother, Jim, I do. Um, he, he's involved. He, he works for them. He was your first guest on first gen wealth podcast. So that's where this question comes from. Yeah. But my, my, my question is, so Jim was great basketball player at Corona. Uh, went on to have a really good college career also. You're the older brother. When did it hit you that I, I can't hang with him anymore? So you know, he, He's got me. Yeah, yeah. I remember uh, the first time he finally scored in a, in a backyard basketball or front yard basketball in Vernon there against me. I was like, this is, this is going to get a little challenging. But he was a late bloomer. You know, he, uh, he didn't really hit his stride. I think he was... I don't, I don't even think he was six foot yet until maybe his sophomore year. And so I was already out of school. You know what I mean? So I got to beat his, can I say, I'll say yeah, beat yeah. his butt. I beat his ass for the entire school, you know, our entire school age years. So he, you know, I don't, I say he scored on me. I just, I think there was a moment where there was like, oh, this kid can play. And I just, I just didn't play him anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to let him beat me. So, so I just can't play him anymore. Yeah, we're just going to move on. But yeah, he was a late bloomer. I mean, he I think he grew another three inches after senior year going into play college at Madonna. I mean, he really came into his body late. And obviously, you know, he's a he's a he's a specimen now. But uh, yeah. yeah, he uh, he he definitely was was the uh, of the of the two of us. He, he got this. He got the sports genes. But I was probably I'm all around athlete. I, I'm better at everything yeah, you course. know but i just didn't play sports i you yeah. know i worked i was the <laughs> right. entrepreneur you know the first entrepreneur of the family so i started working when i was you know i was bailing hay freshman year i mean eighth grade you know i was i was always working so that was my thing 
classic classic summer job if you grew up in Shiawassee County. Bailing hay. You probably knew someone. Everyone knows oh, someone who has a farm. Five so you bucks an that. hour so if that's... you're lucky. Puking in the field, nine, you know, nine hundred degrees outside. Up. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah, that's the worst. But so so that that's where my first, I guess, first official question will come to. So you're talking about you're you're an entrepreneur. You've been working your yep. whole life. First Gen Wealth Podcast is the name of it. Again, go go search it out if if you listen to podcasts. Where's the idea come from? And then um, what's your guys' I guess goal or what are you trying to what message are you trying to get out there with first gen wealth podcast? Yeah, so pretty simply, you know, both my brother and I didn't have a, a huge entrepreneurial family. We didn't come up in any sort of uh, wealthy family by any means. You know, we ate, ate a lot of tuna cheesies and <laughs> and you're thankful if you don't know what that is. Um so we, you know, we, we had very humble beginnings uh, and we, both of us obviously built uh, successful companies and continue to grow and build those. But there's a lot of weird things about money um, and how to grow a, a uh, legacy and, and generational wealth that just escapes most people. They, they're just not taught that. We're not taught that in schools. We're not taught that at the dinner table. Um, especially around tuna cheesies. But, uh, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I'm in a business that can really lead to wealth uh, and, and, and financial independence for people. And I want to kind of share that and, and help my team members, my clients, my friends and family to learn that, hey, you don't have to just depend on your paycheck from your job. Like you can have other lines of, of, of income and other ways of making money and build something that can be passed down. So that first generation, uh, first gen wealth is kind of like the story of building it and then hopefully uh, building it in a, in a great enough sense that you can pass it down. Okay. So what am I trying to accomplish is is that, you know, share that, share that story. And then obviously, you know, <laughs> I'm in business. I'm hoping we can get a few clients out of the thing or, or some customers out of the deal and, and help them, uh, you know, build their portfolios in real estate. So that's the genesis. It honestly sounds like you're, you're talking to me. I, I don't know what I should be doing with my money right now. I'll be, when I was coming up with a list of questions for you, selfishly, they're kind of all geared toward uh, me. So yeah, I, I'll yeah. just say this, I, I'm 24 years old. With maybe without giving away everything that you guys would talk about on your podcast, is there one thing that I should do tomorrow that should help set me up, you know, for the rest of my life, whether it's whatever oh, 401k or something? And Jim hit it. I don't know if you, you listened to the podcast with my brother or not, but Dakota, my son, is 25. So same age, Jared. Right. And, you know, he bought a duplex that he lives in one side, rents out the other, and he's living rent free. And the money that he would typically use for a house payment or rent payment, so seven, eight, nine hundred dollars a month, he's now able to save towards buying a second duplex. And the reason you can do that, if you live in it, you only it only requires like three, three and a half percent down. So on in this area where we're at, you know, a ninety thousand dollar duplex you can get in for under three grand. You can save that up pretty quick, right? And then you can live in one side and have your tenant pay all your expenses. And as you build up your savings to buy the next one, now you've got four units, yours, the one next to you, and then the other two that you've been able to buy, bringing in cash flow. And by the time you're my age, dude, you don't have to have any more podcasts. You can do whatever you want, you know? You get, it takes about, you know, five years to build a, a real, if, you, if you're, diligent at it. Five to seven years, you can build a portfolio that completely replaces any income you'd get anywhere else. But having, you know, are you, 
you're not married, are you, Jared? No, no. Dude, it's perfect then. You can get into something like that relatively inexpensively. Uh, you can borrow it from Uncle Teddy and uh, <laughs> get, get get into a duplex there and, 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 and you're starting. Now you have a $90,000 asset that literally somebody else is paying for, for you. So I'll be honest, when I look, and that's the advice a lot that, you know, my parents have been giving me, you know, I got to get, a, I'm living in an apartment right now. Got to get an apartment, got to get a house or, or a condo or something like that. I'll be honest, it's a little scary. I don't know. I don't know what the first step should be for listeners out there who are, you know, whether they're in an apartment or whatever, what should the first move be? Because I, I, I'll be honest, I'm totally lost when it comes to Talk you to, see that? Talk to success that, group. That logo next year, next next year head right there. Absolutely. So with a duplex, that's not a that is a that's a residential property. Uh, it's not a commercial mortgage. So it's it's a typical bro, uh, mortgage broker that can do that, and success group mortgage can absolutely set you up for that. Um, now there's the whole other thing, like hey, you're gonna have to mow your lawn. You know what I mean? Right. Like <laughs> there's that type of stuff, and and a lot of it's scary. Like oh my gosh, if my tenant's toilet get you know fails then i gotta yep yep you sure do you gotta go plunge that son of a gun but you know what you gotta go plunge yours too if you bomb it so you know what i mean for for a free place to live in a in a in a platform to grow generational wealth you can suck it up and do it you know there's youtube videos for literally literally everything and everything else you can just call a plumber um now obviously that takes a little bit out of your cash flow but so what because somebody else is paying that for you and you're starting your you know, investment journey and that typical dollar. So you're paying rent right now, right? Yeah. That goes away. You, you're now living for free. So that money you continue to save and that becomes your down payment for the next one. Cause the next one, you probably won't be able to get in for three and a half percent down. You can only do that one time in the one you're living in. You'll need 20%. So again, on 90,000, well, on 90,000 that, you know, you're talking 18,000, but if you're paying 800 bucks a month in rent, that's two years worth of savings of, of, being disciplined on that money and you'll have another one. And then you've got four units paying $800 a pop. That's $3,200 a month. It doesn't take very much math to figure out that you can get there pretty quickly. You know? Well, right there, some good advice for our young guy and our other young listeners out there, Randy, you know what you're talking about. And I think I love the way that you talked about your background with your brother. I did listen and watch your podcast. Well done. You can Thank tell you. you're the oldest brother. I, I appreciate that. I'm the oldest brother, yeah. too. You can definitely pick up on that. But I've talked about it before to other guests, and I think you'll appreciate this. It's it's all about the hustle, right? I mean, you you yeah. got to put the hustle and the work into making that money work for you, right? Absolutely. And and I always say you make your money where you spend your time. So if you're gonna if you're willing to spend a little bit of time on learning this stuff, and you know. Jared, outside of this podcast, happy to sit down. So is my brother. We can we can have a cup of coffee and strategize this stuff. I mean, you have to be willing to give some time to learn the stuff you don't know. Um, but if you're serious about it, just like Ted said, you, you can hustle and you can make it. And starting off where you're at, um, that's a great position to be in. Matt's married. He's got kids. He But he could be doing the same thing. I mean, it's, it's all about a discipline of – a mindset and, and deciding that this is the direction I'm going and, and we're going to, we're going to, we're just going to do it. And there's some sacrifices that are going to be made when you're rolling in dough, like, you know, the voice of Shiawassee County sports, Ted Patel, you don't have to worry about this stuff. Right. So, right. you know, but even, even at Ted's, you know, Ted, you know, I'm sure you've got a little nest egg there that, you know, has been plummeted uh, in B 
beat up over the last few years uh, with the stock market and stuff. Yeah, probably, pro- probably, you know, wouldn't have been a bad idea to get into some real estate investment trusts where you're not an active participant in the real estate management. You're just right. taking advantage of uh, those assets. And I, for me, it, it became a necessity because I'm a I'm a spender and I like, you know, shoes and stuff like that. You know, I like cool stuff. Um, and if I, if I, like we were talking to you, you can hustle and you can make that money, but then what? Right. Well, then you spend it and you don't got it anymore. Once it's gone, what I, what I always say, money if, without giving a purpose finds a way to disappear. You've got, yeah. it's, if you got 15 bucks in your pocket in cash, you won't by the end of the day. It'll find its way out. So having direct purpose for your dollars is the only way. So what I'm saying is I protected myself against myself by investing, by, by, by buying assets that I can't go and pull out the dollars tomorrow. Like I got to go through a process and sell or refinance, like I'm protected. So those dollars that I worked really hard to earn are now sitting somewhere that I can't, I can't screw with them for a little while. (laughs) No, I, I, I appreciate everything you're saying because I think the way that you started this off is something that uh, my wife and I, who she's also a Corona Cavalier alum, our 20 year reunion is in a few weeks, by the way, Randy. Yeah, Molly just said the same thing. She graduated the same time as you guys. So that, yeah, she just realized that yesterday. <laughs> so it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, but you so, know, hey, shout out, by the way, to the Corona Boys track team. Uh, wow. That was awesome. Absolutely. That's, yeah. State champs, go Cavs. You, I mean, know, you, I, you know, I, that, I have that, to say that quietly. That's why I'm outside, right? Because. <laughs> My my yeah. mother in law is Joella, and she just won uh, districts there at Owasso uh, softball. So you know, I got I got to be quiet with that go Cavs stuff around here. I got to be who, careful. Who's also a former I'm, three point podcast uh, guest? Right? She's great. After, <laughs> after the state championship, one of the best yeah. interviews that we've had, um, honestly. But uh, back to what I was saying, you know, they not to take a shot at the way that um, we grew up, but this stuff wasn't really talked about a whole lot. Maybe, maybe certain families did, but I don't think it was a normal conversation, especially we all love Corona, you know, the school, but we weren't, we didn't have a class. We were all broke. We didn't know these, (laughs) we didn't, we didn't know how to talk about money, man. We're we're all broke eating, eating tuna cheesies and bailing hay, man. They don't do that in Birmingham. (laughs) No, that's, you know, it's, it's one of those things like looking back, so, Jared, I mean, you, you know, you're in the age. You you just talked about it, and Randy kind of broke it down for you. It's one of those things, you know, you look back, and it's, it's not necessarily a regret, but, you know, you look back, and you, I wish I would have had a different frame of mind in my mid-20s. I was mostly worried about when I saved money, it was to save money to go on a ski trip, or it was to save money to go up to the UP for, like, a boys' weekend or something like that. I wasn't – I didn't have the mindset – of saving for the future necessarily. And I don't want to work until I'm 70. I mean, Ted, you're semi-retired. I see my parents. My parents are full into retirement mode and getting to enjoy every minute of being retired. And it's one of those things that I think is a conversation people should have more. How can I set myself up so I don't have to work until I'm 75 and I can live comfortably? And it's it's a shame that, you know, it's not a normal conversation. It should be. It's a yeah. big part of, of living and working in this country is investing properly and stuff like that. So I, I appreciate it. I, I'm going to be very interested in your podcast. Yeah. I, and I mean, it doesn't like you can have regret, but really you look when I was Jared's age, I was, you know, I still didn't know it. I mean, yeah. um, I really didn't get going until about 11 years ago. I'm 45. So that was 30, 36, 30, 33, 34 years old. 
Um, and like I said, you can replace an income in five to seven years, but then you can double that again in like three or four and then double it again in like two or three, because once you have a portfolio, it can start to spiral and you can go from zero to a million. That'll take you about seven years, but then to go to from 1 million to 2 million, take you another three. And then from two to 10 might only also take another three. Right. So the snowball effect from having those assets and, and, and going to a bank and saying, look, I have a history of, of you know, this and, and being successful at it. It opens a lot of doors. And, and you know, you just don't know that. You, know, you don't learn that. Yeah, you got to learn it. Like you said, you got to have the conversations. So maybe yep. that, that's where it starts. One thing I wanted to ask you, I was very curious about, you know, when we have you on the podcast, again, we, we've brought up Corona a number of times now, Owasso, you, you, you've stuck in the area. Yeah. Ted, Ted stayed in the area. Jared well, that's Joellen's daughter's fault. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because, I, I mean, you know, being honest, you know, with your entrepreneur mindset and, you know, the success you've been having, you not that there's anything wrong with sticking around, but you probably could have moved elsewhere. Oh, my job and, would be so much easier in so many other places, Matt. There's no yeah. question. You know but, what yeah. I mean? Right. And but my question is, you know, I, I love asking when we have these coaches, Joellen, when we have other coaches from the area on. Ted and Jared know one of my favorite questions I always ask is about the community and why community sport, community support for your athletic teams or what, what is so important or cool about the community you live in, you know, whoever the coach is that we're talking to. So why, you know, you and your brother, you know, investing in Karana Nawaso, like what is it about investing back into your community that is such a big part of what you guys do? Well, for, for me, I, it, it's kind of cool to be able to go and get a coffee and, you know, get something to eat or, you know, shop in places and have those tenants now then return some of my dollars in rent. Like, so yeah. that's pretty awesome. And the other thing is like, I'm here, like my kids, you know, my younger kids are, are just, you know, finished third grade and fifth grade. So I'm going to be here for another 10 years, no matter what we're not, you know, we're not moving them out of the school right. system. So um, I want some cool stuff, you know, um, we started in 2013, you know, investing in downtown Owasso because there was a whole uh, kind of, I guess, transition of, of building owners and business owners that were just retiring, moving out and, and being done. And so at the same time, down in Detroit, a guy called Dan Gilbert was doing this whole thing, you know, in, in investment in Detroit. And Jim and I were like, man, we can do this here, obviously on a much smaller scale. Right. But we can really affect the the community and in, in, in what uh, kind of lifestyle uh, opportunities are going to be for entertainment, for food, for all those things, shopping, dining, you name it, by, by investing some of our dollars. And, and the, the idea hopefully was that, and, and it is, it's working uh, to, a, to, to a majority of degree, but, um, you know, I, as everything kind of builds, our investment increases and our building values go up. And um, I'm wearing my, my foster coffee shirt because, you know, those guys you know, were one of the first ones we really went hard and heavy in with an investment. They had a dream and an idea, um, and no real capital. And, uh, we took a risk on those two kids at, well, kids and, you know, but it's eight years ago, they, you know, they were there in their mid twenties and, uh, they, uh, they knew coffee though. I didn't know coffee, but I know guys that know their thing, right? Like I can recognize somebody's passionate about something. And I'm like, all right, they're going to succeed. Nick knows marketing. John knows coffee. They're going to get this thing figured out. And so we invested with them. And then that led to, you know, what, what was the lilies and, and going to soon to be uh, Sakura, 
hibachi grill breaking Ooh. news all right three-point podcast we have a hibachi grill downtown so awesome. those things start to build on each other you know and, and if i'm gonna live here i want cool stuff yeah i want i want cool stuff so you know i'm gonna tr- do what i can to affect that and that's why i travel all over the country uh multiple times a year i'm leaving for dallas in the morning like we're we meet with people we bring investment in retailers and things that wouldn't normally even know what Owasso or Corona or Shiawassee County in general is, we go out to them and just beat them with it, beat them with it, beat them with it. And it's to the point now, you know, I've been doing that for 15, 17 years and I'll walk up like, what do you got in Owasso, Randy? Like they know what I'm, I'm doing, you know, it's and when I say Owasso, what they care about is M21, you know, between yeah. State Road and Gould Street. That's our thing. That's all we got. And, and that's why I said earlier, yeah, it would be a lot easier to, to do this in other places because we literally have in our county like one commercial district. You go to Lansing, they have 25 of those things, right? So, you know, being here, living here, having family here, it's just important that, you know, I just have taken it upon myself to really do what I can to positive, positively affect my personal experience, which obviously, you know, benefits for the most part, everybody else, because I want cool stuff here. So let's get some cool yeah. stuff. <laughs> I know you said you, 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 you kind of backtracked when you said it, but that is, honestly, it's a great comparison. to what Dan Gilbert was doing in Detroit, it's very similar to what you and your brother are doing in Owasso. Like you said, you know, maybe it's not to the same scale, but that's a very good comparison because I honestly, my whole entire life felt like there was never new businesses coming into Owasso. And I don't know if it's entirely because of you guys, but I mean, it seems like even within the last few years, we've seen a lot of new companies and businesses. So I think it's just been awesome. Yeah. I mean, it just takes an advocate, right? right. And for whatever reason, you know, I, we, we picked up that flag and, and I mean, I was just out in Vegas the beginning or the end of uh, May for a national conference I go to every year and it's all the retailers that you've ever heard of like even and plenty that you haven't where they all converge in the Las Vegas Convention Center and we pitch sites and this was a big one for me because we were talking about the welcome insight that you know everybody in our area is very familiar with so we've got some great things coming for that um, and yeah I mean I just kind of fell in love with the commercial real estate business and so de facto, I live here. So this is what you do. You go out and you, you pitch sites. And for me, it's just, a, it's, it's Shawash County, Shawash County over, 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 over again. And we just, we've been able to land some pretty cool stuff. You mentioned that it was only 11 years ago that you kind of really started getting going into it. How, personal investment. Yeah. The personal investment side. What was your kind of backstory? Uh, even we can go back to, you know, whatever, when you were 20, how did you find yourself even in this uh in this world oh man space. so that's that's a whole that's a whole nother podcast but i mean i'll give you what i can on the short version of it yeah. right so i was in a construction industry in, in high school i was leaving uh you know <laughs> as a kid i met in frank uh uh corin's ag class dave, dave banister who i think is in prison at the moment but whatever uh <laughs> he he had a construction business his dad did so we we would leave after school and go and do construction. And so for years, I was in that industry. Um, fast forward to about year 2000, um, my best friend, Jim Warfel, uh, Corona grad, 1996 with myself, um, uh, couldn't pass his real estate license. His family owned La Valley Real Estate. Uh, he's a great friend of mine. Um, and so I decided to help him. We took the classes together. We ended up getting licensed. Fast forward September 30th, 2001, he died. 
Uh, you're showing a house, had a pulmonary embolism, collapsed in the driveway, end of life, 24th birthday. So that next week I went into real estate and that was houses. So um, it took me about three or four years to realize that sucked. I mean, no disrespect to, to the guys that sell houses, but it wasn't for me. Like I like, you know, I, 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 I like the commercial side because I can, you know, develop more. Um, it's more about numbers and math and, and, and not carpet and paint, you know. Right. whether or not my couch will fit in this living room that drove me nuts right. so i shifted and pivoted into commercial real estate went into uh, uh started with a firm called cdre which is the world's uh, yeah the global leader and they've got the biggest company um as far as commercial real estate goes i was based out of lansing for a couple of years um being a chronic cavalier i was a bit of a lone wolf and that corporate structure didn't fit me very well so in <laughs> 2010 I started Woodworth Commercial, and here we are. So there you go, Jared. That was my that was my brief as I can be. Uh, 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 kind of delve into the where I'm at now. I got into it completely by tragedy with, with the death of my best friend because I was actually still doing construction when he died. Yeah. Um, I was I was licensed, but I I wasn't really practicing. Yeah, yeah I, I remember I remember that well, and I remember that your whole crew. I remember you as a young high school kid, Randy. And oh yeah. You had balls then, you got balls now. Well, your uh, daughter is a graduate with us. Amy's a 96er. So, that's you know. right. That's yeah. exactly right. Well, but I was going to ask you. When I was in high school, though, you know what they said? Lack self-control. I don't understand it. Like, <laughs> I, I do. I would have never said that. I mean, I, I got the same comments. If you guys got those report cards from Cross, number 13 <laughs> and number 26. And those of you that know, you know. It was every time. Every time. <laughs> you know, you know, Randy, being in commercial sales, I, I, I go back because I'm the old guy of the podcast. I remember Richard Harsh, you know, wasn't oh, yeah. he? and I, I was going to ask well, you if you tied into him at all before you got really going on your own. You know, that's funny. If you think back to that time, it, it was it was like a trifecta. You had Richard Harsh die, 9-11, right. then Jim Warfel. I felt like the world was in it. It was like, yeah. boom, boom, boom. And it was like holy cow, what is happening? What's next? You know? Um, and Richard, uh, you know, we, we did cross paths, but I wasn't really in the business. I was still in construction, you know? Okay. Um, so there was a vacuum in our County for quite a while where nobody was doing it. Right. Uh, Richard was instrumental in bringing uh, Walmart and home Depot to the area. And, and then that, you know, when he passed, there was, there was nobody else that, that did it. And it wasn't until about 2004 when I really started kind of pushing Mike Leslie or 2003, whatever it was, you're like, look, man, we got to, we got to, we got to do something with commercial and I can't sell these houses. So he's like, all right, let's, let's go. But until you really get into a business like the C, the CBREs, the big Colliers, the JLLs, the, the firms that are just massive, you don't realize how little, you know, you think you're, you're, you're doing something out here, but you're really not, you don't have, you don't have the knowledge. And I was very ignorant to it. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I did have some balls and I still do, Ted, you're absolutely right. And it takes a lot of balls to get out there and put your money and your, your, your reputation at risk every time you try to do something new. Um, but I also have really big shoulders and uh, <laughs> I could care less, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, it'll, it, it, we'll just move on to the next thing if that thing doesn't work. And, right. and, and, and we don't, we, I, I, it was a phrase in construction that we heard all the time, water on a duck's back. We let it roll off, man, like water on a duck's back. You got like to. 
Well, before yeah, we let I'm you out of here, Randy, uh, just one quick question. You mentioned about the welcome in. And yeah. I know I know you're instrumental in the in the whole Matthews building thing too, which looks so much better now, by the well, way. Well, don't gone. even go there, dude. I know, I know. <laughs> but but welcome in. Can you give us any tips on that? What's coming? Uh, any, any hints? I mean, I, I posted the site plan that we're working with um, on my on my fa- on the Woodworth Commercial Facebook page. So we do have a design. We've got about sixty thousand square feet going in the back, kind of in line with Walmart. We're going to connect that parcel to uh, both <clears throat> the TSC uh, tractor supply company lot and oh, nice in Walmart. So you're going to have really nice access across the back there without having to go in and out of 21. And then two, uh, you know, probably either a bank, fast food, something up front um, out lots that are, that are going to be sold off. We're talking with a lot of people and there are, there are two, I would say imminent things happening, but until those, you know, right. documents are inked. I, it's just a jinx, man. I can't yeah. do it. I Fair can't enough. do it. Fair enough. On that. No problem. <laughs> no problem. Uh, let me let me ask you one thing before Ted signs you off. Yep. I've, I've mentioned this to you before. It's not Shiawassee County. Sports Creek. Yep. Perfect site for a Top Golf. Oh, and lot in Menards and Costco and and I mean, oh my gosh! So those guys, those guys that own that are out there in Florida, and they're they're still in sports bet, uh, sports track racing. Yeah. Um, they got a lot of money, man. They don't because there's still a there's still a sports book there, right? Like it's still. I don't no no oh, not. no they don't do it anymore. I, they they no. don't do it anymore. So no, I know that's it, man. That is a prime site, and you can come right off the highway. It's right there for you. It it is a good eye, good eye, Matt, good eye. <laughs> It's just, you know, it's the top golf thing. I've been like, yeah, man, that'd be here, I can tell you what's not happening on welcome in so that people can stop asking. There's <laughs> no, there's no, yeah, there's definitely no cannabis, but there's no target. Target yeah. is not coming. Okay. So, and the reason is we don't have enough population in Shiawassee County to support it. We need about double really what we've got. We only have 70,000 people in Shiawassee County and, and there's just retailers that just aren't coming. No matter how much I pound in, in sledge, it just, it just ain't happening. So, um, so there you go. You, you you've solved the riddle. It ain't Target. <laughs> All right, that's our that's our answer for the night, yeah. Randy. Uh, we appreciate you taking the time out, and it's kind of ironic that you made an appearance on the podcast before our partner Jim, but the oldest gets the benefit. No, that's incorrect. Did that's we have Jim on? Yeah, Did we have Jim on. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jim can actually talk sports. You know, I don't. I, this is sports talk, right? Isn't that the premise? Well, sometimes we get a sometimes. little bit. Yeah. Off track. I drank some Lions Kool Aid last year. I mean, I got into it. You know, I'm a, I'm a Tom Brady fanboy, so you know, Good. I don't really have anybody to root for anymore. He's 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 all done. He's going to Disney yeah. World and stuff. In the well, you got the Wolverines <laughs> to root for, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was actually at the Fiesta Bowl this year. That was a oh my god, oh. electric electric i mean what a game Still how that wasn't targeting no kidding <laughs> how was that not a touchdown too yeah oh my god even like we <sighs> this yeah. is the year even this the is horny, the year for michigan toads whatever the heck they are behind us they're like that's touchdown that's touchdown right yeah. changed yeah. it it changed the entire game but they hung in there i mean they that, that game was back and forth the whole way yeah and you know we got up out of our seats at the end there when jj went down and it's like they're showing that on a screen. I'm like, we're like, oh my gosh, let's go back down to our seats. That's targeting. That's what yeah. targeting is. Yeah. Yep. And we're gonna have the ball at like the 50 with another uh, 21 seconds left or whatever it was, yeah. 51 seconds. 
Yeah, such is life. Yeah, this such is our is year, though, Matt Burns. This is, is our year. Hey, this is the year. Ohio State. Ohio State's breaking in a new quarterback. I can't believe Alabama's you actually breaking said that in a new name out loud on this podcast. That is disgusting. Everyone else is breaking in new quarterbacks, new offensive coordinators, yep. new something. Michigan is bringing everyone back. So this is the year they let us all down, basically. Is what <laughs> Probably right. Uh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh will be on a, a head on a platter again at the end of the year. Again. Yeah. <laughs> all hey, right. Got to win a college football playoff game. That's that's the barometer. Got to win yep. one this gotta year. Got to win. Got to. Got to. Randy, tell our tell our listeners one more time. Maybe uh, best spot they can check you out. Your new podcast, all that good stuff. Before we sign you out. Oh, we're all over the place, but pretty much if you go at Randy Woodworth uh, with or without an underscore, you can find me anywhere in Woodworth commercial on the grams, on the Facebooks, on the LinkedIn's. We're all over social everywhere. So recently on Twitter. So, you know, I'm tweeting. It's it's kind of funny. We're doing it on the computer here and I had a pop-up. You posted something. I don't know if it was earlier on LinkedIn. Always be marketing, baby. Come on. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Let's go. All right, Randy. Hey, appreciate the time, brother. We'll have to catch up with you again, and I'm sure Jared will make an appointment. I was just going to say, Jared, hit me up for coffee, brother. Let's do it. I appreciate that. Thank you. You bet. You too, Matt. Damn it. I just said <laughs> too. It sounds like everybody can. Why not? Why not? We, we got we to force What's them right here. Dude, yeah, we're like 25 grand a piece. That's 100 grand. That's a million dollar asset we can go get. Let's All go. Right. And and your brother backing it with Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. You know, he's already in on it. So. Way to get those plugs in. I love it. <laughs> All right, guys. I'm going to leave the studio. Yeah. See you later. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. Thanks a lot. All right, AZ Printing Solutions, formerly Hankered Sportswear, is a full-service print shop that specializes in screen printing, digital printing, and embroidery. They pride themselves on giving a great product at a great value. The area's go-to printing solution offers a 100% guarantee to exceed your expectations. AZ Printing Solutions has your favorite local spirit wear as well as many other apparel items in stock. Specialty items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979 or step into the store in downtown Owasso. All right, guys, that was a that was fun chatting with Randy. Uh, we kind of opened things up now to potpourri, and I, let's go to the NBA. Let's just start right there. I mean, as we record this on Monday evening, uh, the series has evened up. Miami came back in game two and played Miami ball, and we got a 1-1 series, and they've taken over home court advantage. Uh, it looks like it's going to go deeper than I thought. Yeah. I, I I was shocked to see them. I thought the Nuggets were probably going to sweep this series, maybe win it in five. I think that showed us a lot that we keep underestimating this Miami Heat team, and they keep proving us wrong. And I honestly, it's it's funny looking back on like Jimmy Butler's career with all he's done, because uh, I feel like the entire time he's been in the NBA, he's just been an afterthought. Even mm-hmm. with all these runs, I mean, two different finals trips. I mean, he's been the Eastern Conference Finals I think three or four different times. Uh, I mean, we remember the Sixers. Uh, they took the the uh, Raptors and Kawhi Leonard all the way to game seven, lost on the last second shot. If if that shot doesn't drop, they might've won that title that year. So I think my biggest takeaway after game two is one, Spolster knows what he's doing. I mean, the zone really screwed up Jokic and their entire offense and what they were trying to do, which is kind of crazy to say, because I always hated going against zones at my entire life in <laughs> basketball. It used to mind F me, used to mind F my teams always. And it's good to see that it, even in the NBA, it still can mind F you sometimes. 
so I think one, it's Spolstra is, is damn good. And then I think Jimmy Butler, I think the media, us as fans, just the, over the course of his entire career, I know he didn't have a great game too, but he had some big shots down the stretch. And I mean, he's the leader of that squad. We really kind of, we painted him in the wrong light. He's one of the top players in this league. And I think it's time that we kind of give him his flowers, man. He's incredible. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. You mentioned a little bit of an afterthought. I, I looked it up real quick while you, while you were saying that, because I, I knew it was low. I, you know, there's guys like LeBron, Steph, you know, whoever, Giannis, they make the all-star game every season. It's just, you know, their career. Jimmy Butler has been playing basically 12 years and he's only, only, but only made six all-stars. So you know, a little bit of an afterthought. He's got a few all NBA teams, but right. When you, whenever you hear that list of best players in the NBA, no one ever says Never Jimmy Butler. I mean, maybe when you get down to like the twenties, you know, 2025 range, maybe something like that. But yeah, he's never up there in that, in that conversation, but, and maybe he doesn't necessarily deserve to be up there with a Steph Curry, Giannis, Luca, you know, all those kind of guys, Jokic, but He's exactly what this team needs. It's kind of, we've, we've mentioned before the 2004 Pistons and it's not an exact comparison, but the Pistons didn't necessarily have that one true superstar. I mean, maybe Chauncey, but he wasn't like, you know, in MVP conversations all the time and stuff like that. But, you know, you had, you had leaders, you had guys that came in and got the job done. I mean, Duncan Robinson was buried on the bench. You know, he got his contract like a year or two ago and basically fell out of the rotation. And yeah. now, I mean, they're probably looking at him like, man, we, you know, you're back in the rotation, even when Tyler Hero comes for back. Sure, for sure. Um, you know, with, with his shot making, he's actually making shots at the rim too. He used yeah. to just basically be a three point shooter. So, so yeah, uh, it's kind of like, is it surprising? Like you said, Jared, people keep kept writing the heat off. So maybe in a sense, it shouldn't be surprising because people kept writing them off. I saw someone throw some stats out. Um, the Nuggets role players like Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, uh, Bruce Brown, Caldwell Pope, they put up their shooting numbers versus the Lakers. And then their shooting numbers in these first two games of the finals. And they're like vastly different. So maybe that's something. And it's crazy to think because the Nuggets, it's been two games at home. And you always, you always hear the cliche that role players are better at home than on the road. So maybe the Heat are setting themselves up for, you know, to, to pull an upset. But no, no. Jokic hasn't fallen off at all. What do you have scored no. 41 in game two? And he had a triple double in game one. So he's fine. He just, he needs, you, you can't do it all by yourself. He needs he Murray. Is, he is so good, isn't it's he? It's ridiculous. Uh, do, I, I, gotta, I, I was going to ask you guys this, you know, we, we, we all saw when uh, Mark Jackson didn't even have him in his top five yeah. for MVP. Have you picked up on when he's calling a game, how he's going way overboard bragging about Joe? I don't, you yeah. catch Listen. that? No, I don't. Here's why I think about that. We talked about it. He had the ballot. He kind of came and went. I mean, Jokic has kind of shown, I think, proven to a lot of people. I mean, I feel like the a lot of people felt like Jokic winning three straight MVPs was not. But like, he should have been top was, five it, in his he, ballot. Like, right? He should have been top five in his ballot, for God's sakes. I mean, it, it's it's almost like if you're not going to vote him one. Listen, I'm not defending him not having it in his ballot, but uh-huh. no, I don't think it is a little bit awkward. It was like with the first series of the playoffs, it was a little right. bit awkward with the whole part, but I'm past it now. I think okay. everybody's kind of past it. I kind of gag still. It just, he, he goes overboard, but hey, why wouldn't he? I guess, you know, if he, if he wouldn't have had that diss in the first place, I probably wouldn't even be paying attention to it. So I get what you're saying. 
He did. I know, we've brought it up before, and he did not have Jokic on his ballot. He did come out and say it was like a brain fart type of thing. Yeah. But it's one of those things, like, how do you have that brain fart? It's like it's like doing the NFL MVP and leaving Mahomes off. Like, it, right. you can't – if you're doing the NFL MVP, you can't forget about Mahomes. So, yeah, I'll be, whether, I'll be honest. Whether it was I will say – I'll put my hand up. I didn't think Jokic had this in him. I didn't think he, like, he's basically shown he's like the best offensive player in the league, you know, almost head and shoulders above the rest. It almost seems like watching this playoff run unfold and how they just get so many good looks and it's all run through him. I didn't see that. We haven't seen that uh, in the past. So I think he's proven a lot of people wrong, you know, Mark Jackson included, uh, you know, on this run. So, right. It's been fun to watch. They're just—they are a blast. Uh, it looks yeah. like the type of team that I would have loved to have played with, and I think mm-hmm. everybody would agree with that. I mean, Jokic is the perfect kind of superstar type player. Where honestly, he had four—he had the forty ball in game two, but that's not how he wants to play. I mean, no. he, his ideal game is you know maybe twenty points and you know up there to almost nearly fifteen assists. That's how he wants to play. Right. Uh, so that just shows how the Heat kind of really took him out of his element. Well, he's awesome, and it's going to be a good series, so looking forward to the rest of it. Now, I'm looking forward to the Pistons someday getting a little excitement. The big story, you know, they signed Monty Williams, uh, biggest contract at least right now for a head coach in the NBA. Do you think that's the right move? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's not it's not going to get me out of the out of the door running to the the to the t- ticket booth to get season tickets, but I think given the coaching candidates that were out there, uh, I think it was the right hire. Uh I think everyone's got a positive, you know, I mean, with, with the way NBA coaches are fired, hired and like passed right. around in this league, like I don't think Monty Williams necessarily deserved to be fired by the Suns. Just you need a new voice in there. Yeah. And I felt like the Pistons kind of needed a new voice, you know, with Casey. I didn't think Casey did anything wrong during his tenure necessarily. It's just you need new voices. Yeah. Uh, and I love the hire they made today. Steven Silas adding him to his staff. I think Monty Williams would do a great job. Um do I think they're going to be contending for an NBA title next year? No, but I think in terms of the candidates that were out there, the candidates that were brought to Tom Gores uh, and all that sort of thing, I think Monty Williams is a home run hire in that sense. Yeah, especially given who who was available for head coaches. I mean, unless you were going to try and get a Doc Rivers or something like that, like Monty Williams was probably at the top of the list as far as available coaches. So that's great. The money part, honestly, like at first when I saw the the amount, it was like, oh wow, that's a lot. <laughs> I don't get, I don't get people being, I don't get right. people being upset about that. It's not my money, right. <laughs> yeah. you know. Like it's not affecting the salary cap. Um, it's not affecting you know the players can they can sign because coach doesn't go against the money you can pay you know players. So I, to an extent, I really could not care less about how much money they're paying him. The one thing, kind of like maybe what Jared was talking about, the new voice. Um, but I think he might be better with the younger players, you know, maybe like Durant, CP3 now at this point in his career, uh, Booker being a little more of a veteran right. now, maybe he wasn't really connecting with those guys. And we know the the Pistons roster is super young and they're about to add another rookie, you know, uh, with this upcoming draft. So maybe in that sense, he's going to be a coach that can connect with the younger players. They, I, I'm going to say the same thing. I say everything, every time we talk about the Pistons, they need one of these guys, Ivy, Cade, during someone to turn into a star and if none of them do then none of this matters Monty will be fired in three years so right. you know they need someone to take that next step and turn into a superstar 
Yeah, he's you know, and he seems like the like Jared said, the home run hire. The the resumes there. He does work well with young players. I'm just hoping, you know, because we thought the same thing with Casey, right? He came in with good credentials. You know, had a great run, coach of the year up in Toronto, and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. So let's hope the Pistons turn it around with their young blood. And uh, Williams is the guy there at least for three years, probably at yeah. least. You know, and I I expect we'll see some improvement if they stay healthy. Um. Just a couple other things here, guys, that I had. We talked briefly about it. College football now is going more and more to the streaming. And, you know, you would think I'd be upset about the money oh, you have no. to shell out or whatever. I I agree with the point you made, Jared, a while back that college football, and now that we got to watch it on Peacock or whatever, it's not going to be as easy. we got to figure out how can we click <laughs> it to go from game to game, right? I mean, that's the biggest drawback I see. Yeah. It's really not that. I mean, and here's what was funny to me with all the people complaining about the the Peacock games being on Peacock. If, if Peacock was charging you fifty bucks a month, I'd be like, I'd be right up there with you. What right. the hell is this about? I mean, it's five bucks a month. Yeah. Which yeah. to me, you know, you get you get these college football games now, and you're also going to get whatever else Peacock has. I don't think it's a bad deal. Like, right. uh, yeah, like we talked about, it's the thing that sucks is let's say you know Michigan's playing at three thirty. Uh, and you have a, you know, the SEC game going on at the same time. I mean, that's what makes those college football Saturdays awesome yep. is you're you're always watching football. You During the commercial, you flip to – during halftime, you're flipping to a different game. It, so that is a bummer, but the, the big hubbub that people are making about it, it just kind of cracks me up, man. It's really not that big of a deal. And it's not like they put Michigan-Ohio State on Peacock. It's, you know, it's these lower-level run games. I have no problem with it. I, it's the world we're going to. Yeah. We all kind of need to buckle up. You know, I think we all love our cable. We all do. We all wish it was what it was in 2010 uh, when everything was right on your TV guide. But it's just not that way anymore. Sucks, but it's just got to adapt. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, again, we're we're coming from the side of we're, we're three guys who shell out the money for the streaming services. So for us, no big deal. I do wonder about. Um, you know, a lot of people go to bars and restaurants to watch, watch games. And now a lot of these bars and restaurants are going to have to pay for, you know, they used to maybe just get direct TV to have right. everything. Now, if they want to show Michigan, East Carolina, they're going to have to pay for Peacock, you know, maybe if they don't already have it. So maybe there's, there's some, maybe few hiccups like that, you know, say you show up at a bar and you're wanting to watch the game and you tell the, the waitress or waiter, Hey, can you turn on Peacock? And they're like, what, what are you talking about? We don't have the Peacock app here. <laughs> then like a server has to get their login and do all that. So, so those kind of things, you know, that's something to maybe, you know, that, that might happen. Right. Um, it's the, it's just the inconvenience part, I think is all it really comes down to. Yeah. Like you said, you used to be able to just turn on your TV, go to ABC 12, go to NBC 25, you know, whatever, all, all the channels, there's all your games. Or, you know, if you're on cable, you'd go to whatever ESPN, ESPN2, and there's all your games. So, you know, it's just the inconvenience thing. Like you said, Jared, it's just the way it is now. And yeah. I think it's a budget thing, you know. Um, it, Ted, you say it all the time. It's all about money. Same with Michigan State, yeah. Penn State, going to Black Friday at Ford Field. It's all about money. And these, these programs, conferences, all they're trying to do is make as much money as they can. Yeah. So if they can go to – and the networks and, you know, NBC, if they can get – 25,000 more people to sign up for Peacock just to watch that Michigan game. That's a win for them. So yeah. do you yeah. guys have any, any uh, comments at all? You're in the industry, you're in the television industry. You see that affecting you anywhere down the road. I know ESPN, I think there's, they're making a big push for the ESPN plus 
you know uh, yeah it's just it's where everybody's going man yeah (laughs) it's just it's streaming is the future uh it's smart tvs it's it's everything but does it have that does it have any drawbacks i mean is it does it cut personnel i mean or is as far as you guys are concerned, does things stay the same? Is that what you think? I mean, I think at first when people, uh, not, I think, I know for sure, because I was at when people were first cutting the cord, you right. know, you always heard that cut the cord, right? Yeah. There were a lot of layoffs because, you know, there was a lot of money lost. So I think now they're trying to start to catch back up with the streaming. Part of the problem is a lot of people illegally stream and, right. you know, there's all these websites that'll put up the streams and I just, I can't, maybe it's because of who my employer is. I can, I don't know if maybe I have morals. I'm not trying to say, I don't know, whatever. Not that I'm some like high standing person or something like that. I can't bring myself to watch a Michigan game on an illegal stream. If they're on Peacock, I'm going to pay, pay for Peacock, even though I don't work for NBC. I just can't bring myself to, to watching a game on an illegal stream. And so that's part of it. Well, a big thing, not to cut you off, Jared, that, that they're adjusting to ratings is such a big part of getting advertisers and they're having to figure out, you know, a game on a linear network, ESPN, ESPN two, maybe their ratings are dipping, but they're having to figure out how can we, you know, count in all these streams, people watching on ESPN plus or, you know, whatever. So we can keep those advertisers coming in so we can keep that money coming in. Oh yeah. So that, that's a big part of it too. Um, as far as like literally the work I'm doing, no, it doesn't affect. I mean, it's still the same, same football game. Same. I mean, half of the games that I did over this weekend, the College World Series was on. We're on ESPN Plus, so it, it doesn't affect that. All right, Just need people to pay. Stop using those illegal streaming sites. Come on, people. <laughs> Don't share passwords either, right? Yeah, man. Come on. <laughs> that was one of the. That was when I finally buckled down and bought uh, YouTube TV. Um, last fall, it was because of Michigan football. I, so I do understand why places like Peacock, it makes sense to put these games behind a paywall, man. I, we we need the football. Yes. <laughs> and when I was sitting there realizing like, I have no way to watch this Michigan versus uh, you know Hawaii football game, I had to do it. I had to buckle yep. down and I had to buy it. So it is where it is, man. I Ted, I'm sure you're upset about it. Uh, I mean, we all are. But yeah, I mean, you kind of like it's like your whole world has been rocked upside down by well for for an old fart i mean i can adjust to it i I, i'll be able to handle it but and again like i said it's not the money because it's really not that expensive at least at the moment you know once they get their hands into you though it can change in a hurry so we'll see we'll see uh monetarily how it affects us but uh the biggest uh biggest problem is just not flipping between channels and i that maybe they'll right. figure out a way to do that but they don't want you to they don't want you to they, they want, want you to, you to stay, stay right there and watch those commercials right yep. they, they That's want where you they to make stay right there right. hell yes all right uh, i don't know if you guys got anything else sports related we do have a short yeah. entertainment tonight coming up and we'll get to it right after this Looking to buy items online? Go to CRAuctions.com. All you need to do is download the app to your phone or computer and start buying and selling today. CRAuctions.com will market your items all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy something, we can help with that too. Just go to CRAuctions.com. Search our inventory and place your bid. Plus, there are online auctions for farm machinery, firearms, automobiles, and truckloads of overstocked items. It's fast, it's easy, and you will get results. Get the app and check out CRAuctions.com today. All right, guys, I'll start Tedertainment tonight off tonight. So last week was the two-part American Gladiators 30 for 30. So we've mentioned 30 for 30s a number of times, you know, 
Jared's term, season tickets. If it's a 30 for 30, you know it's going to be good. So American Gladiators, I know, Ted, you you definitely remember the hysteria with oh, yeah. uh, American Gladiators, Jared. You know, it was before your time. I know it's kind of been around still, and the documentary touches on all that. But for me, you know, I was a child. I, I loved American Gladiators. I set the events up in our living room. I played the video games. I still have the toys. I went and dug out the toys, and my <laughs> daughter's been playing with them. I mean, I... I wanted to be an American gladiator. Like it was, you know, when you're watching that, I don't know if you guys watch the 30 for thirties, but I was that generation who like wanted to be an American gladiator. It was just so cool. What I, is it? Was just, what, it what was is it? unique. Go like, ahead. What, they, what did they do? What, what is it? I don't, they're, they were just bodybuilders essentially. And they, they wore leotards or what was the what kind of it? obstacle course challenges? Wasn't it? Yeah. Against, so I mean, against like the, civilians. Yeah, so the I guess the Cliff Notes version is it, there were a lot of either bodybuilders or former athletes um, turned into American gladiators, and then yeah, yeah like like Ted said, they had all these events, obstacle courses, and like a one-on-one football thing, and then like uh, you know just a ton of different obstacle course type things, like events, gladiator yeah. type of events, but they would go up against civilians, and you could see if you could beat the American gladiators, and so you. you you just it was like the ultimate like and it was men and women so you know it was no one was like cut out of it you would be like can i get on there and beat an american gladiator it was just such a cool it was almost like a dream maybe type of thing you know you wanted to play in the nba you wanted to also be on american gladiators so that was cool reliving all that was super cool like the nostalgia like with any of these things i was talking to a couple co-workers who were also you know my age and loved american gladiators we're seeing all these documentaries coming out, you know, whether it's about stores or other, you know, business people or athletes or whatever, and you get the backstories and you get all that. Everything has dirt. There's like, there's nothing, whether it's a person, whether it's a company, whether it's a movie, whether it's, you know, all this stuff that's come out about actors who were terrible people or former athletes or whatever. It's just like, there's nothing that was just good everything has some sort of dirt. And I don't know if you get that vibe, Ted, when you watch some of these documentaries, but you know, again, I was a kid, so I was like glossed over Mm -hmm. all the stuff that was probably maybe obvious, but you know, all the shady business stuff that was going on behind the scenes um, with American gladiators, the athletes not getting paid anything, putting their bodies through just a ridiculous amount of pain and torture basically to stay a gladiator. It's just one of those things. It it almost like, not that I wish I didn't watch it because it was very good, but it was like, it almost ruins American gladiators for me. You know, yeah. like it, there's always something with all this stuff. It's not all this crap. Dark, the, that's like the new, that's like a new genre, like the dark history of like, I knew, I feel Everything. like a new one. It's like Blackberry is a, is a new, I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard that's kind of like the twisted history of, of how that went down. Um, Blackberry, no, like the cell phones. Man. Yeah. Hmm. Really? So I haven't, Ted, maybe this is a review for you next week. I, I have literally saw one review. And that's what it said. So I, I maybe I'm talking out of my butt, but it, it might be a couple weeks. I'm going to be busy this next week. I'm not going to have a lot of TV time. But now, Matt, did they get into? Was it, I, I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Was it well done? Like you oh, said, a thirty yeah. for thirty. Even though it gives some of the background on the bad stuff, did, was steroids involved as well? With yeah, the yeah. I mean, you know, it was that it was that era. You that's know, what I thought. Nineties, yeah. so steroids. So that's a shame of it. So the, these these athletes were trying to stay up. 
on being an American gladiator, but then also what with the, the shady part of it with the steroids, they were taking the steroids so they could um, recover, recover quicker and be stronger because they were basically told if you can't make a show, you're out. We've right. got other gladiators ready to step in. So now they're putting their bet. There's a couple ones, you know, they all, they all have these cool names, blade, saber, laser. The dude that was thunder is basically crippled over, like oh hunched my. over, can't walk. He's still addicted to opioids. And, oh you know, it's, it's because of American gladiators because that was his only income. And if he didn't take the steroids and all the painkillers, he would have been off the show. So, you know, it's, then you, you see all this stuff. And so to answer your question, yes, very well done. They had one of the creators and, that's a whole like side story to it. There were actual multiple creators, but the one guy that basically took all the credit, took all the money and everything screwed his friends over. So there's that whole side to it. Um, he, he was in the documentary. Some of the athletes were so just, you know, one of those things it's cool to relive all that again, since I loved it so much, but then you get the dark side of it and it's just like greed. It's greed. Everything mm. is ruined by greed. So it so it kind of ruined your childhood memories a little bit. Even a little though it was bit. Well done. Yeah. A little bit. I could understand that. Yep. Yeah. I'm looking at a 1990, 1991 Tops American Gladiators trading card. Rolling <laughs> Thunder. He's he's riding a helic. He's riding a chopper, and he's pointing at the. At, uh, he's pointing out into the air. I don't know what this is. This is so like 90s that I I kind of yeah. can't keep my eyes off of some of these <clears throat> posters and stuff. I might have to check this out. I've never heard of this show until two minutes ago, but uh seems seems like worth a watch, man. The yeah. the 30 for 30, I mean, you'd get the backstory, but you'd get a brief quick of what it was. Yeah. I mean, they went worldwide. They toured, like I said, video games, um, toys. It was huge. It was huge. It was definitely, it wasn't my thing at the time because I was right. already getting a little older, but it was, uh, it was out there and it was big time for sure. Yeah. Uh, my little, my oh, little. I would, I would give a. Not anything less than a two point nine out of three. I'd almost go three out three out of three Ooh, on the scale. Nice, but I'll definitely again, be checking it out. American Gladiator fan, so yeah, that's all right. <laughs> well, you guys know I'm a big fan of HBO, right? We've talked about you're that. Many a sh- times. You're you're a shell for HBO, man. Yeah, I I loved HBO from way back when, and we talked a little bit about it last week. The new show, or not new, it's a just finished Succession that somehow. I didn't start watching until recently, and now I can't stop watching it. It's just a tremendous show. Um, it's kind of a takeoff on Rupert Murdoch and his family and, you know, how they are fighting to get a piece of the pie. But I've got to thinking, guys, uh, and you know how I like my Mount Rushmore list of top four things. Looking back at HBO and just for maybe some of the old timers out there, maybe youngsters might want to look at it your all-time top four mount rushmore dramas and it's pretty easy for me right now it's there's a lot of great well easy well there's a lot i got some honorable mentions but my top four right now i'm i'm pretty happy with it's got to be the sopranos the wire and you'll laugh at this matt but i'm putting it right there game of thrones and now succession now honorable mention i had some deadwood is another good one didn't quite make the top four and boardwalk empire also really good, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty solidly happy with my four. I mean, I, I love the Mount Rushmore. I would say if we pulled America or even a HBO viewers, I think everybody would have the same Mount Rushmore. I think you think so. It's really yeah. just, I don't know. I, I mean, 
what what do you is there where's the hot take in there i was waiting for a hot take it just never came on, on that well, I, I didn't know I was supposed to bring a hot take, so maybe, maybe <laughs> no, I, I, no, I guess no, for no. me, for me, maybe the hot take may be surprising. Again, I don't know all the HBO shows like you guys do. Is that Succession is in there, right? You know, being one of the newer shows, you haven't even finished the whole series yet, and it's is, already in there. Is the fact that you weren't on Succession from day one kind of a sign a sign of how you've maybe, maybe like last year lost your TV watching fastball from, from back in the nineties and early two thousands. I mean, I think, I mean, what do you think, man? I mean, that's kind of a telltale sign, right? I'd be curious if, if you weren't doing this podcast, you know, and, and uh, active on social media, if right. you would have got into succession or even game of Thrones, it seems like Jared Moore got you into game of Thrones. Oh, those are fair so, points. They, yeah. they are. Cause you know, let's look at it this way. There are only so many hours in the day. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. This might be called tedertainment, but my God, I miss a lot of stuff too. So now, if, just you don't you can lie if you want. Okay. So you just started Succession. Yeah. In a week's time, how far have you gotten? Uh, I'm on season two. I've watched episode one. Okay, so you finished it. That's not that's not too bad. Okay. I I try to I try to bang two at a time. You know, if we're watching it at night, we'll watch one and say, okay, let's, you got time? Yeah, let's watch another one. So that's about what it what it comes out to be. The way you said that, I feel like uh, Shaq on the TNT show. I, I try to bang two at a time. <laughs> I feel like you're Charles Barkley on Shaq right now. I was I was gonna say I don't know what you're watching on HBO, but this is a family friendly show. Now, now my last one, guys. I don't know if there's a hot take in here either. Comedies, okay? HBO comedies, okay? You got to have curb your enthusiasm, right? That have to be on everybody's list. I agree. Larry Sanders. Maybe not. That's an older one. That's Gary Shanling. Uh, he he plays a talk sh- a late night talk show guy. Very brilliant show. So Larry Sanders, the Ali G show. Okay, you, you know that one. Yeah. Okay, and uh, I like Veep. Hmm. What what from what you just said seems like HBO's bread is buttered in the drama category, not as much in the comedy. <laughs> why why would you say why Curb. would you say I that? Why would you say that? Just, yeah, I mean, I, to be honest, the, the Larry Sanders, I, I don't know what that is. I'll take your word for it that it's good. That's a generational um, thing. You just you you haven't checked it out. No, I haven't watched VP. VP had a run where it's like they're winning every Emmy every single year. So I, I'm not going to be the guy that says it, that it's not good. I haven't seen it. Uh, right. It just hasn't come across my radar. But it's good. No, I, I, if you had to, if you had to pit all your favorite HBO things, what's your number one show? Oh, there's no, Barna and Sopranos. Really? Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. That, I could say that every day, all day. So <laughs> do you feel it. like, do you feel like there's even, is this like the Michael Jordan, LeBron James thing? Is there any chance that succession could dethrone uh, Sopranos? Perhaps, maybe. I doubt it. I, I doubt it. I doubt it would even pass the wire because it's a, it's a solid one too, the wire and Sopranos, but I've, I love The Sopranos. But Succession, I will say this, Matt. And Jared, you're watching it now. I, I give it right now three out of three so far. I'm, I would say the big omission, I mean, White Lotus didn't make it for either category, in your opinion. Mm, you know, I forgot about that. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know where I would categorize that. It's kind of like a dramedy, you know, yeah. right? Wouldn't, wouldn't you say? <laughs> it's just yeah it's it's it, it is I, I, you could you that's what that's why i was shocked that it didn't make either list i think you could have put it on either one and i would have been fine with it almost got to have a dramedy category 
Right. Because <laughs> there's a few of those out there too. I don't know. That's that's what I got. That's it. That's fair. That's a good list. Next time yeah. I'll work on a hot take. No, I'm not saying that it, I'm not saying that you needed to bring a hot take. I was just I, I thought that was where it was. I thought that there was gonna be a big payoff at the end. Ah. So it's a great list. I think it's the right list. I think you nailed it. Yep. Uh I just well, I think the I think the big payoff is that succession has slipped in there. <laughs> and that that's like the new hot thing. After one season and one, one episode. Season. Right. Wow. Yeah. How about that? All right. You know, I think we spent enough time on this podcast, boys. But it's been and a lot of fun, you know? We're trickling up to two hours on this one. Yeah. Wow. Holy cow. <laughs> Better do some editing. <laughs> well, let's let's wrap it up. This has been the Three Point Podcast presented by Memorial Healthcare's now Community Wellness Center. Sky Mint Cannabis, also one of our great sponsors. Farm to Stash, grown right here in the Great Lakes State. Over 20 locations, the newest one up in Traverse City. Check out Michigan's Best Bundles for deals on flour, vapes, pre-rolls, edibles, and extracts. Ounces as low as $49. If you're over 21, go online at skymint.com. Sign up for the rewards program. Also, Memorial Health Care Wellness Center. they got a big special going on. You can uh, get a free membership all the way up to Father's Day if you want to sign up for a new one. That's the Father's Day special. Join the Wellness Center now and pay nothing until Father's Day. More details, follow them on Facebook at Memorial Wellness Center or go online at memorialhealthcare.org. Also, thanks to our local partners, AZ Printing Solutions, CR Auctions, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing. Refresh my memory. When did we have Jim on? What did we talk about? Uh, well, when when the, the scholarship came around, that was right. honoring. Ah, that's right. He came yep. to the radio station at that time. We weren't yep. doing we weren't doing video in those days. Yeah. All right. Well, don't forget to follow us on the <laughs> socials at Three Point Pod and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can rebut anything that we have to say. Also, again, I want to thank Randy Woodworth of Woodworth Commercial and First Gen Wealth Podcast. He's uh, got one in the can, as we say, and uh, check that out. I'm sure there's going to be some great episodes coming down the road. As we always say, peace and love. Be kind. Thanks for listening. Hey, gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. Three Point Podcast is a Sportsnet Michigan Three Point Podcast production. Subscribe and share on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of your favorite podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to 3pointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.